Law School Show. Helping you navigate the law school experience with resources and opportunities curated for your success. Catch it all here, right now, on the Student Life Series. The Student Life Series is brought to you by LexisNexis. LexisNexis supports future lawyers. Excel in your law school studies and kickstart your legal career with Lexis Advanced Quick Law. Register for your complimentary ID at LexisNexis.ca slash law schools. Plus, earn star rewards points and prizes while you learn. Enter the secret code LexisLSS for 250 bonus points now through October 31st. Awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Sabrina Duick, and welcome to this episode of The Law School Show. Today, I am joined by Luann Moriarty, recent grad of UCalgary Law and 2020-2021 Student Director of SLA, or Student Legal Assistance. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lou. Thanks so much for having me. So today, we are going to talk about what to expect when volunteering with Student Legal Assistance during law school. First, however, I would just like to pass the virtual mic over to you so that you can kind of give us a little more of an introduction of yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, as you've said, I just recently graduated from UCalgary Law. I actually moved to Calgary for law school. I'm originally from Newfoundland. I completed my undergraduate degree between Memorial University, which is the university there, and McGill, which is in Montreal. Um, and I changed majors a bunch of different times. Ultimately, I ended up finishing a Bachelor of Science with a major in psychology because it was the only thing that held my interest long enough to actually complete a full major in, essentially. Um, and yeah, and then in my last year of my undergraduate degree, I decided that I was going to come to law school. It was um, a little bit of a whim, but I was taking a law and society course as an elective. Um, and I had always said before, and my friends will tell you now that I can be quoted as saying I could never be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I decided to do. So um, yeah, that's, that's me. Awesome. Um, so let's get into student legal assistance then. How did you first get started with SLA? Yeah, so part of the reason that I wanted to come to the University of Calgary to do law was because student legal assistance was there. Um, so in researching law schools, I found out that they had this program and I was in school for a really long time and I was just very eager to actually start doing something aside from studying. Mm -hmm. uh, so the idea of going to a school where there was a legal clinic where I could get involved right away and start making court appearances um, and all of those things just really appealed to me. So it was just the idea of actually being able to do things. Like that's why I wanted to go to law school and the ability to do that right away was definitely what drew me to SLA. For sure. So how would you describe your, um, your experience with SLA during your first and second years of law school? Yeah, so in first year, I started uh, volunteering in my first semester um, and had, I guess, the typical 1L volunteer experience. Mm -hmm. um, you start out volunteering, you kind of start with easy files, you start making easy court appearances like adjournments, etc. Um, you can have kind of like a few files at a time. 
Um, I was supervised by some really great uh, mentors at the time. And so that was my first year. And then in the winter semester, which is when they do summer hiring, I applied to work at SLA for my 1L summer. It was basically the only thing that I wanted to do with my 1L summer. Um, I didn't want to work at a firm because I was mostly interested in criminal law. And yeah, and I, I did a little bit of everything that first year, different um, types of files. I did some criminal. I think I did some landlord tenant stuff. Um, but because I was kind of more so interested in criminal, those were the files that I gravitated towards. Mm -hmm. And then in my 1L summer, I had a bunch more files and lots of different types. And then in my second year, um, I was a group mentor. So basically, then I was supervising the new 1L volunteers, which is where I'd been the year previous. Mm -hmm. um, and I also took the clinical course. So um, I was able to keep files and work on them throughout my quite a few files and work on them throughout my second year. And I got course credit for doing that, which was ideal for me. Um, and then went on to work there in my, well, was student director and worked there in my 2L summer. And then um, my term finished just before I graduated. So, Right. So what then would you say a student can expect when considering volunteering with student legal assistance during their first or second year? Yeah. So um, it depends on, it's a little bit self-directed. Um, we definitely have kind of minimum expectations for what a volunteer will do, but beyond that, it really depends on how, I guess, interested or how passionate or how excited that particular student is. Um, as I alluded to, there are different types of files that you can do. So there are, um, so we take care of criminal matters. We do civil traffic we do some administrative things like student appeals mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm forgetting some uh, we do bankruptcy discharges um so there's and you know within civil and within criminal there are so many different charges and so many right. different types of um, civil things that you can be involved in landlord tenant employment um you know small it's small claims so we only act in provincial court that's um, we're limited to that as students but uh yeah, so there's so many different things you can do. And then it's kind of up to the student to go after those types of files that they want. Um, you can often talk to your group leader or your group mentor who, you know, if they know what type of file you're interested in, can, uh, can help try and direct those to you. So aside from the files, how you get files is you participate in client intake meetings. Um, so you will have an intake night um, this year was a little bit different because of the pandemic, but typically you would have one to two intake uh, evenings a month, and that's where you conduct client interviews, and generally you will go on to try and get those files opened, um, and then you, you carry on with the file. As a brand new volunteer, they're typically less complex files once it gets to like the trial stage. Um, it would pass to an upper year student like a 2L or a 3L to actually run the trial. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done up to that point. Um, on a criminal file, for example, you're doing ECR offers. On a civil file, you might be drafting demand letters and negotiating with the opposing party or opposing counsel. Um, 
So yeah, there's, there's so many different options of the types of things you can do, but in terms of the structure, you're in a group, you have support from upper years, you do the actual client intake, and then you just take the file on through um, until it gets to a point that's kind of beyond uh, your ability level. And it's, it's like that in if you continue to volunteer in 2L and 3L too. So you have a choice in 2L, you can continue with intakes and just kind of taking files up to the point of trial. Or as an upper year member, you can also be part of trial division, which is when you actually get to prepare and run your own trials. And all of this is with the help of other students, but it's also supervised by actual lawyers, um, the advising lawyers. And that's why we can provide the services that we do because they basically help us and mm -hmm. sign off on any, anything we do. So anything that gets filed with the court, um, they help us prepare for trial, things like that. But it's also still at the same time, very independent. So yeah, there's so many options. It can vary, but that's a general overview. Yeah, that's perfect. So how important do you find student legal assistance for law students to experience? Yeah, so I think and have always thought that SLA or, you know, there are some other legal clinics as well around the country, um, but I think it's such a unique and invaluable experience um, for any student, especially students that would like to be litigators or um, go into criminal law. But mm -hmm. not only that, really for everyone, because even if you are not big on court, you don't want to be in court, you still get that hands-on experience of, working with clients, negotiating um, with other parties, which after you graduate law school and actually get out into practice, depending on what size firm or what area of law you're practicing, um, you might not get into court for years, even if you want to litigate. Um, but aside from that, you, you know, if you don't do something like SLA in law school, then you go out there, you're an articling student, and you might, if you're at a small firm, for example, kind of have your own clients right away. Um, and you've never done that before. You've never had to communicate with clients. You're not used to billing. You're not used to keeping track of your time. Maybe you're not used to client management and having to, to do those things or, you know, talking to opposing counsel. And those are all things that you can do at SLA that you just are not taught in law school otherwise. Um, so it's, it's, it's the only way, as far as I'm concerned, to get that type of experience while you're still in law school and to get kind of as much of it as possible. So it just gives you these hands-on skills that you, like, it, that will work for anyone in any area of law in whatever you choose to do afterwards. So I think it's, I think it's very important. For sure. Yeah, I, I found that for me, um, volunteering with SLA was probably the highlight of my first year of law school. Um, I honestly think it's actually what helped me get through that, that difficult year. So I guess that leads me into my next question. Um, what did you enjoy most during your time with SLA? Yeah, so for me, um, it's really the like rewarding aspects of working with clients. Um, mm -hmm. That, like I said, kind of earlier is, is what I went to law school to do. Like I wanted to be doing things. I wanted to be helping people. I wanted to be working with clients. Right. So actually getting to do that was um, just so great. Like when, because for a lot of our clients, this is 
the worst thing that's going on in their life right now. Um, or it's a very, at least a very stressful part of their life, whether it's a criminal file or a family file. Um, I think I forgot to mention earlier that we do family uh, files, but we do. So whatever it is that's going, or even if it's civil, like there could be kind of a lot of money and our clients are um, low income. That's one right. of the guidelines for taking clients. So mm-hmm. having someone going through this really difficult time and knowing that you can help them and then after the fact, um, you know, so many of our clients are uh, not all of them, but so many of our clients are very grateful for our help. And mm-hmm. it's just such a rewarding experience. Right. So what did you find then to be the most difficult aspect of being a caseworker? Um, in terms of, I guess, a couple of different things come up when I think about difficult. Um, one thing is court and right. just kind of having the courage to go to court. Um, sure. It's really terrifying at your first um, appearance and your first trial. So that's hard, but that's also part of, you know, being a lawyer or being a litigator, if that's what mm-hmm. you want to do. So you kind of, you have to, you have to get there at some point. Um, but the other most difficult aspect, just in terms of the day-to-day is just as they're the most rewarding part of the job, clients can also be the most challenging part of the job. Right. Um, managing client expectations is um, a skill that takes a little bit of time to develop for sure. I certainly didn't have it kind of right from the get-go. Um, some clients can be a little bit more demanding than others. And uh, yeah, so just managing clients themselves, managing their expectations, that's also mm-hmm. the hardest uh, part of the job as well. Right. So what skills would you say you developed during your time with student legal assistance that you believe will be most helpful to you um, during your articles and, and further on into your career? Yeah. So um, as I kind of talked about earlier in terms of why I think it's important for, for law students to have this kind of experience, it's all of all of those things that I mentioned. Um, and it's your you're not a lawyer as a law student. And and when you're at any legal clinic, um, you're still just a student, but it's, it's a, a stepping stone to getting you to being a lawyer and all of the things that you do as a volunteer with SLA, while you do have the support of your peers and the support of the lawyers, at some point you're going to be doing all of those things by yourself once you're out into practice. So mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit like being a baby lawyer, um, even though you're not even quite there, but everything that you do at SLA helps you in practice later and helps you in articles. Um, I'm going to be in court a lot for my article. And so the court experience that I got at SLA is going to be so invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking back to the first time that I was ever in court, as a 1L student um, and having no idea what to do. I totally blacked out. I don't even like remember the moments that I was up there. I remember the time leading up to it and I remember afterwards, but you know, when you're like super stressed out, you're just like, you can't remember. (laughs) Um, So I can't imagine doing that for the first time as an articling student on something that's probably way more important than whatever I was doing, which was, it was 100%. It was an adjournment. That was my first court appearance. And so having to go in court as an articling student and maybe do something more important than a very simple adjournment Mm -hmm. and still like having no idea, like, where do you bow? How do you address the judge? How do you address the other lawyers? 
kind of what's all that court etiquette. Like I can't imagine learning that for the first time as an articling student. So that um, is going to be so invaluable. But aside from that, it's also, like I said, working with clients, filing documents, um, making applications in court, the ability to, um, you know, have time management in terms of how much time you're spending on files, keeping track of your time on files, just keeping files organized, even that kind of took a long time to, to figure out. So, um, and also the advocacy skills, just like getting used to how to make oral argument, because it's a little bit different um, than making arguments in writing and trying to keep your wits about you while you're talking in court and a judge is maybe questioning you or what have you. Um, It takes getting used to. And so I'm so glad that I'm past some of that. I'm sure that I'm still going to be scared in court and I'm still going to be intimidated by various lawyers and um, judges, but less so for sure than I would have been if I had never done SLA. For sure. Awesome. Um, So let's talk a little bit about grades here, since I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be curious about how grades are affected by SLA. Um, personally coming into law school, like many of my fellow 1Ls, I believed that grades were, you know, still the most important part of school and they were always at the forefront of my mind. Um, But I learned pretty quickly that that's not always the most important aspect of school. Not to say that grades aren't important. Um, So I'm wondering if you struggled with grades while volunteering with SLA and what more generally you would say to students who who are worried about um, how student legal systems might affect their grades. Yeah, so I would like to start with a disclaimer, which is that this is not advice or even information. It's just totally personal opinion for the most part. Um, I think the key to talking about law school grades is that the degree to which they matter really depends a lot on what you want to do. Just like I think grades always do, even in your, you know, undergraduate degree, like, do you just want to get your degree and then you want to go do something else? Um, What kind of grades do you need to do that something else, etc. So, um, you know, you need better grades if you want to get into like med school or law school, say, Mm -hmm. than you might if you want to do something else. So it totally depends on what you want to do. Um, I can't speak for, you know, any of the the big firms because I've never worked there. The kind of um, the idea that I get is that they generally care a little bit more about um, about grades. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so totally depends on what you want to do. That said, um, I I know people who have done SLA and gotten amazing grades. We've had, you know, gold medalists go through. One of our previous student directors later went on to clerk with the Supreme Court. We've had summer students later go on to clerk at the Supreme Court of Canada. So, um, and you have to have amazing grades to do that. So obviously they were able to manage it. Um, For some people, depending on your time management, depending on, you know, if you go through any kind of crisis in 1L, especially um, Mm -hmm. if you struggle with mental health, which I know a lot of people do, um, it could potentially affect your grade because in kind of trying to keep up with your files, you have a bit less time to study, say. So Mm -hmm. um, just like the degree to which they matter depends on what you wanna do. I think the effect of SLA on your grades also depends on who you are, Um, which is like, not to say anything bad about anyone either way, like things are what they are, that's life. Um, That said, 
you know, you mentioned that SLA kind of got you through first year. Mm -hmm. For me, it absolutely did as well. Um, I don't think that um, volunteering with SLA in my first year negatively affected my grades. I think Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have got amazing grades anyway um, because I did not enjoy 1L um, for a variety of reasons. I didn't enjoy a lot of the courses that you do in 1L, but those are the courses that everyone does. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not in a great place um, just in my personal life at the time, but SLA kept me in law school because it was the one reminder that I had of why I went to law school. Mm -hmm. So I think that without it, um, it's not that my grades would have suffered. I think it's that I wouldn't have completed 1L possibly, um, Mm -hmm. or maybe I would have finished it, but not come back kind of thing. So, um, but you know, it's, I think part of coming to law school is you do learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about what you can handle. You know, some people have kind of high powered undergraduate careers, I'll say, um, where you get amazing grades and you're involved in all these things. And that is kind of the type of person that law school, especially you, Calgary, um, attracts Mm -hmm. because of their holistic admissions process and things. And so I think that most people are used to having a lot on their plate, but law school is like a whole other level. Um, For sure. So I do think that you learn kind of a lot about yourself and what you can handle and also what is important to you, like what are you going to prioritize? Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a a very long answer to um, a simple question. Yes, volunteering with SLA might affect your grades if you allow it to take time away from your studies. Um, But it can also positively impact them because for me, I'm not great at like learning about things in theory I'm much better at seeing an example of the law and having a file in front of me where it's like, this person is charged with this offense. Okay, where do I go from here? Um, And that's such a big part of like 1L criminal law is understanding what are the elements of an offense and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't bore anyone listening with the details, but actually getting to do that at SLA gave me a much greater understanding of criminal law in general. And I definitely did better in 1L crim than I would have if I'd never done SLA. Um, And later in 2L and 3L, when you do things like civil procedure, you do admin law, volunteering with SLA, if you've had any files like that, Mm -hmm. helps you, I think, so much with with those courses. So that I think I said that that was going to be a brief summary. It wasn't. But um, those are my many thoughts on and I have many other thoughts on the topic of law school grades, but um, very long answer, but a very helpful answer. <laughs> okay, good. I hope so. So you mentioned earlier um, doing the SLA clinical courses during your um, second year. So I'm just wondering um, to whom would you recommend taking these SLA clinical courses um, considering like the additional workload? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um if I can just like the additional workload that we've alluded to. So for those who might not know, if you work as a 1L um, summer student, one of the, uh, I guess, things that we expect of those students is that they will, well, I say we expect, technically I'm no longer employed um, by SLA, even though I do have their permission to to do this. Um, But one of the things that's expected is that those 1L students 
will go on to be um, group leaders, they're called in their 2L year, and then group mentors in 3L. And that's because SLA relies so much on peer mentorship and um, learning from your peers. Mm -hmm. And so we rely on the students with more experience to help those with less experience. Um, so that's, even if you just work there for the summer, you have that, uh, there's that expectation that you'll continue to volunteer in um, 2L and 3L, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and that usually involves having uh, a file or two or three um, as well. The, the clinical course that we've talked about is, um, it, so it takes up a course slot. It's a full year. It runs from September to April. Um, there's a theory portion of the course, and then there's the, um, I forget what, I think it maybe it's like theory and practice or something, but technically you register for two courses. One is kind of the class portion that usually runs once a week. And then the other um, side of things is your actual file work. So you're doing that combination of like theory, which talks about, um, it, we talk about client management, we talk about like not-for-profit management, things like that. And then you also have your files. Um, which uh, the number of files that you have to have might vary depending on the year as well. Mm -hmm. But um, it can be a lot of work. Managing clients and managing files is a lot. Um, preparing for trials certainly takes a lot of work. But mm -hmm. based on what I've heard from lawyers, that's how practice is. So, and it again, it depends on where you are. But, you know, for some lawyers um, who look for maybe a little bit of a better work-life balance and go to smaller firms. Some weeks are fine. They have like general normal work hours. They might work mm -hmm. like, you know, 50 hours a week. But if you have a trial or like some big application coming up, you might put in a lot more that week or the weekend before or what have you. Um, and SLA is very much like that if you do the clinical course. Like if you have a trial coming up, you're probably gonna spend a bunch of time working on that. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of who I would recommend the course to, I think that anyone can benefit from it because of all those skills that we talked about earlier that you can't really get anywhere else. And you get a much more intensive education um, in those skills if you partake in the clinical versus if you just continue as a volunteer. So mm -hmm. if you just volunteer throughout your entire three years with SLA, you might have like 10 clients like throughout 1L, 2L, and 3L, mm -hmm. probably a little bit more. Um, but it, it really depends on, you know, the odds basically of files opening and client intakes and all those things. Um, if you take the clinical course, you have to carry around 10 to 12 files throughout that whole year. You can take it in 2L or 3L. Um, and so you have to carry files throughout that whole year and just the nature of files, they close, they open, trials run, you get another file, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So you might deal with like 30 clients that year. So that's way more, even in just that one year, um, than someone would get just volunteering, um, you know, over the course of three. So if you are interested in litigating, you want to be in court, you want to do criminal law, it's an awesome course to take because you will get so much court experience. You're going to run way more trials or at least prepare trials, even if they don't run. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to do way more of that if you take the clinical course than if you don't. But also if you're just interested in working on those kind of like hard skills, client management, blah, 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 all those things I've already talked about, 
those um, are something that you'll get from the clinical course as well. Right. So yeah, if, if any of that appeals to people, I would recommend looking into the clinical course. For sure. Awesome. So let's get into um, your experience as student director a little more specifically here. Um, so as student director during your third year, how did you find um, balancing SLA files and duties, staying on top of your schoolwork and maintaining a personal life? It was, a well, I'd like to preface this by saying that I, you know, student directors only have that one year while they're student director. And you know, so I knew the two student directors before me, the, the person um, who was student director, my 1L and my 2L year, and then it was me in 3L. Um, and I know the student director who's incoming after me. I don't know what kind of experience he's going to have yet, but I think that every student director has a slightly different experience, and that really determines how your year is going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, the student directors before me dealt with a change um, in our board and a change in our executive director. We had a, um, a new executive director, and that was an adjustment period. I dealt with the pandemic and, mm-hmm. and helping run the clinic in a pandemic, which was, I think, very different than anyone before me had experienced. Um, so I think my experience was a very unique one. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'll just say that in terms of balancing everything, I think that as you go through law school and as you go through SLA, things, there's always a big workload in law school. There's always going to be, but things get easier because you get better at them. So when you start in 1L, frankly, like I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what words meant. I didn't know how to read a case. They'd be like, read this case, figure out these parts. And I was just like taking notes that were half as long as the case itself because I had no idea what was important. Um, And nothing made sense because I had no context for it. Like I'd only done that one law and society course that I mentioned. Anyone with more experience with law or like that knows more about it might have an easier time. But for me, everything was brand new and everything took a really long time to do. like a two page case would take me like an hour to read, you know what I mean? And now I, I could read case in, you know, maybe 10 minutes or less. So mm-hmm. that said, um, as you move through 1L and 2L and 3L, the courses do get easier in terms of how long it, it might take you to do things, things start making more sense. Um, and so I think you just get more efficient at doing those kinds of tasks. SLA is the same thing. Like in 1L, you get like two files and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it takes, you know, it feels like it takes so long Mm -hmm. to do things and things move so slowly. But as you get more experience, you know kind of what needs to be done next. You know how to do that thing. And so it just gets much faster. Mm -hmm. So, you know, by the time that I was in 3L, um, the student director thing was a lot and and having to deal with that in the pandemic. But Mm -hmm. um you know, I'd gotten much faster at doing coursework, I'd gotten much faster at doing my file work. And so I, I had some room for those kind of added student director duties. Um, I also had realized by the time I got into probably 2L, that I needed some kind of like social interaction to balance my Mm -hmm. mental health while I'm in school, like I can't lock myself in my apartment for a week at a time. 
mm-hmm. and study with like no breaks and not seeing other people. I'm just not someone who could do that. I've often wished um, that I was, <laughs> but I do have to build those things into my schedule. Um, so I, I, it was a lot and there were some really stressful times, but I did manage to um, do, I think, a lot of the things that I wanted to do and to do an okay job at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, it comes with time. Like no one else is going to jump into the student tractor job. Like that's why it's for three L's. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a lot, but it was manageable and I did it. And I think that one L can feel so overwhelming for everyone, but I really do think that, you know, most people, as you move through law school, things get better, you get better at what you're doing, you get better at managing your time. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, So I was just wondering if you would have any organizational tips for um, students interested in SLA or just going to law school um, in general. Organizational tips, like organizing your life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should be advising anyone on how to do that. Yeah, I mean, find, if you can, find your balance and find the things that you need to be happy before you come to law school. Because I think that figuring that out in advance is a great way to start law school. No one is a robot. We're not robots. We're human beings. Like, we're social beings. We need to get enough sleep. Um, eat properly. And I know this is like, sounds so preachy, because I feel like it comes at us from every angle now. And we're all just sick of hearing it. Um, And I know I was before law school. And then I got to law school. And I was like, I get it now. Um, I get why this is important, because you can't make it through three years of law school without taking care of yourself like you will burn out before you ever go into practice and unfortunately some people do and unfortunately some people get into practice and then they burn out you know within like the first five years and then they're done with law Mm -hmm. um it is what it is like it happens but if you can figure out before you go how to balance basically figure out your work-life balance um i think that would be hugely beneficial to anyone going to law school Mm -hmm. Um, And please have an open mind. Again, I know that comes at you all the time, but I swear it's very true. Um, And I was also very skeptical until I got to law school, like I said, and then it just became very clear. Um, So yeah, organizational tips. Um, That would be my my biggest one. Um, Aside from that, you know, start um, trying to if you're not particularly organized, um, start trying to organize your notes from classes. If you're still an undergrad, like come up with an organizational system that works for you. I worked on it kind of all throughout law school. Mm -hmm. I didn't really figure out the best one, I think, until I was in my final year um, because there's so many notes and so many everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just like try and organize your life both digitally as well as you know your social time versus your work time right those would be I think the most important is that Mm -hmm. kind of what you're looking for oh yeah definitely okay (laughs) yeah I know that's a hard one um organizational that's something that I still struggle with yeah totally um yeah okay so let's talk a little more again about um your experience as student director um I'm wondering if you can just talk a little more about the um, transition that you guys had to do 
um, during the pandemic? Yeah, um, it was, I feel like the pandemic hit Canada and no one was expecting it. Like we, you know, we're looking at it um, in the months prior being like, this is the problem of, of other countries. Mm-hmm. We're going to be fine. Um, and then it just got so huge and arrived what felt like um, kind of suddenly. Mm-hmm. And so, frankly, we were not expecting in March for everything to be shut down and for us to suddenly have to run our clinic um remotely Mm -hmm. that was just not something that we were expecting to have to do and so much of the clinic in previous years had been about all of the students are in the office we're all there to kind of support each other everyone's around for you to you know ask questions if you have them about what to do on your files etc um and all of our files also were only hard copy. So there was just one copy of every file. It was the hard copy that was in the office. Mm-hmm. And that was what we worked from. Any correspondence went on that file. There was no digital um, file. Wow. There, I mean, obviously you'd have emails and stuff yeah. in your email, but they weren't organized within a file. So this, we found out mid-March that we would have to run the clinic um, with our students at home. And um, we were very determined, I think, to do that, but we weren't 100% sure that it was going to be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but with our amazing staff working overtime, basically, um, to turn our files into digital files, we were able to, to do it and to have mm-hmm. the summer clinic. Um, ultimately, I think that there's obviously been many negatives um, from the pandemic, Mm -hmm. the economy, um, you know, rising um, mental illness rates, etc. But in some ways, I do think it has pushed the courts and the legal profession in general, and it certainly pushed SLA to modernize um, a bit. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, things can, really big systems can be very slow to change. And the Mm -hmm. justice system is a really big system. And, you know, as a not-for-profit at SLA, um, we have pretty limited resources, Mm -hmm. but we did what we could. Um, I think that the courts being closed probably helped us out uh, because for the first month or so of the summer clinic, which starts in May, um, the courts were closed. And so everything was being automatically um, adjourned, which gave us Um, more time to train our students, more time to adapt to working in this remote environment, more time to get those digital files built up, um, to get even a platform to have our digital files, which was a whole other um, headache that our executive director, Susan, was dealing with. Um, And ultimately, I just think that as painful as it was, it was a growing pain. And I feel like we are so much further ahead now, Mm -hmm. not just SLA, but, um, you know, the courts and things as well. I feel Mm -hmm. like we're so much further ahead now in terms of modernity and all those things than we were before. So I think that that's maybe the, the one good thing that came out of it. Um, And now I I think that SLA is is just so ready to kind of face the future and deal with it. And we've changed the the ways that we do some things. I think it's going to be awesome for Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, the students coming in this fall because they're going to actually be able to do things in person, whereas we had to run most of this year Mm -hmm. um, remotely, which is a bit of a bummer because you don't really get to meet all your classmates. You don't get to meet the people in your SLA group. You don't get to, you know, hang out in the office and and do your file work and have that same kind of support. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was so glad to hear that uh, campus will be reopened. I'm not sure yet exactly what SLA will be doing in terms of Mm -hmm. um, their intake nights. I'm sure that's currently under discussion with um, the current directors and the board. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're just, we're in an awesome place for the future. Mm-hmm. So on that note, then, um, how much do you think this transition, I know you already discussed this a little bit, but how much do you think this transition will impact SLA going forward? Yeah, I um, I think that ultimately, it will a it will enable SLA to serve clients much more efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. Having the digital files really does help. Um, you know, people can can work on things from wherever. So mm-hmm. if you know the file is in the office and you forgot to look at it, while well, like you can you can do things much more quickly. Um, I think we like we've definitely developed new communication systems in terms of how our students communicate with our management and administrative staff. So ultimately, I think that um, we're just going to be a more efficient um, organization going forward, which Mm -hmm. will ultimately benefit our clients. Right. Awesome. So just one more question here. Um, (laughs) Student director related. Okay. So as student director, um, what would you recommend to students who would like to become more involved with SLA um, and especially students like first year law students who are hoping to get hired as summer case workers? What kind of would you recommend they do to prepare for this sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we um, a former student director, but we do have, um, you know, we do have guidelines when we are hiring um, in terms of the things that we want to see um, in a resume to get an interview or in an interview to get hired. The most important thing, though, for us is um, it's just how earnest people seem, Mm -hmm. how genuine they seem. And that, I think, is reflected in how involved they've been. So it is a little like the the getting actual files and court appearances, you can certainly do things to like increase the number of files you have or increase the number of court appearances you do. But it's not always easy to do that because you can't help it if, you know, you do an intake and that file or that client doesn't become an active client for some reason. Um, There are various reasons that we might not be able to open a file, Mm -hmm. but that's not your fault. But, you know, now you've had an intake that didn't turn into a file, but someone else in your group has like maybe three files and you've only got one and maybe you're stressing out because you want to work there for the summer and you're like, I don't, I want more files kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't always have control over those things, but you do have control over, you know, attending all of your intake nights Mm -hmm. um, unless you have like a very good excuse to, to not be there communicating with your group leader and your group mentor, asking questions, just seeming earnest, volunteering to um, sometimes group leaders and mentors will say, I have a a court appearance on this date. Does anyone want to go and do it with me? 
And we also do outreach. That was a little bit more difficult during the pandemic, obviously. Um, but we've started doing outreach again with some of our community partners. So signing up for those outreach evenings, just showing that you actually want to be there um, and for the right reasons is huge. Even if you can't get as many court appearances as you would like or can't have as many files as you would like, right. um, that's a big one. And it's it's pretty easy to tell, honestly. Um who is kind of there uh, for those reasons versus yeah. like who's just looking for a job. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we hire the people that, you know, really want to be there and that we think um, we think care about clients and care about getting that type of experience. Right. So um, yeah, don't stress out if you don't have as many files or as many court appearances as you would like, but do what you can to like stay in touch with your leaders and mentors and just show kind of genuine interest in being there and doing the work. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest, uh, the biggest thing for us ultimately. Perfect. Oh, and also do a good job on your files, like be diligent, right. keep in contact with your clients, um, keep good, like have good file record keeping, um, because we do look at files. And if we look at a file and it's a mess, um, it's, it doesn't look great. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it might not be kind of the be all end all. Everyone's learning. People have different skills. Um, But, you know, try and be diligent with your file work. Ask your group leader and mentor for suggestions or tips on how to keep your files neat, um, how to organize them, things like that. Perfect. That's um, an awesome answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just have a couple of concluding questions to ask here. Yeah. Um, So first... When a student is unsure of what area of law um, they would like to practice in, what would you recommend they consider? Um, I would just recommend keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. Even if you go to law school, thinking you know what you want to do, be open-minded. I went to law school thinking that I would probably want to do criminal law, but I was open to other things. There were some Mm -hmm. things that I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, I won't bother telling you what those are. I'm sure it was reflected in my 1L grades for anyone who ever gets to look at my transcripts. Um, But, but, you know, I, I'm, that, that was where my interest um, lay was in criminal law, but I was also open to and intrigued by Um, some of the things that you don't get a lot of in law school, but they're kind of mentioned, um, here and there. And maybe I had, Mm -hmm. uh, more exposure to them because I worked with SLA, but areas like immigration law, um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, maybe I'll do that someday, uh, human rights law, things like that. So, so I was like, I'm pretty sure I want to do criminal, but I'm going to stay open-minded. And I did. I still ended up doing criminal, but I, I do, I could see myself doing some other things, um, in the future. So yeah, that's, that's my advice. Keep an open mind. Even if you think you already know, Mm -hmm. not only for people who are unsure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm convinced I already know, but I am also trying to keep an open mind. (laughs) Exactly. I think a lot of people are like, I know some people are not really sure, but some people are convinced that they know. And I'm like, you might not, you might not. So. (laughs) The law is like a very diverse profession, not mm-hmm. only in the types of jobs that you can do, but also the different areas that you can practice in. There's some like 
super niche areas that are just really interesting. Um, so yeah. Awesome. So finally, um, looking back to your experience in law school, what advice would you have given yourself as a first year law student? Um, yeah, I mean, wow, there's so many things, but they're probably more kind of specific. Um, in general, uh, I did allude to this or said it outright a little bit earlier, but make sure that you take time to take care of yourself. And if it helps, think of it like another one of your responsibilities, just like Mm -hmm. you think it's really important that I, you know, do this reading, or it's really important that I get to this class, or it's really important that I go to the library. It's really important to do those things. Yes, but it's also really important to sleep and to eat properly, um, to see your friends, study buddies are great because you can kind of like get some social time while also getting some work done and Mm -hmm. feeling productive. But even then, like take a break from that sometimes, like go out, go out to Mm -hmm. supper, even if it's a quick break, Um, talk about something besides law school every now and then. Um, Your family and your non-law school friends are probably going to get sick of it, but they're like, if it, you'll probably only ever talk about law with your law school friends or like 95% of the time. So like maintain contact with some family members and your friends from before law school who can talk about other things. (laughs) Um, And even if you think that you can only talk about law, call your friend and be like, hey, what's going on in your life? And then just let them talk because sometimes it's nice to not have law um, in your brain. But, uh, But yeah, that's my advice make time to take care of yourself. Do not burn out, you know, before you even graduate. Um, If you want to have like a long, successful career, you need to learn how to do that now because um, it's the practice of law is stressful. It's always going to be stressful, but that's okay. You just need to take care of yourself and then you'll be able to handle it. So Mm-hmm. I did not do that in 1L. Um, and it didn't go well, as I've mentioned several times. Um, so, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I um, This is like all so up my alley, and I'm sorry that I talked so very much. But I <laughs> hope it helps someone. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. This has been so helpful. Um, I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate learning more about what it is to get involved with student legal assistance, as well as just um, law school more generally. Of course, with Luann's permission, I will put her email address in the description of this episode. And um, I guess she's open to uh, people sending her emails. Totally. That's actually an ethical responsibility of lawyers under the code of conduct is to... um network basically and like and chat with people who are interested so definitely not that that's the only reason I'm doing it I'm really happy to talk to people about this so um yeah please email me even if you're shy awesome well thank you all for listening in on this episode of the law school show and we will chat with you next time You've just been listening to The Law School Show, Student Life Series. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website, thelawschoolshow.com. If you like what you've heard, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates. 
curated resources, and opportunities to help you navigate the law school experience in every episode. Catch it all here next time on the Student Life Series.